Time is moving and we're all getting older by the minute, but our first guest here is to help us not only extend our lives, but also the healthy part of our lives. Please welcome Greg McPherson. Thank you, Mr. Knight Rider. Um, like it's fantastic to be here and, um, and, and great to talk with you um, and just share a little bit about um, what I've been doing over the last 10 years as I've dived down the rabbit hole of this thing called cellular ageing. And so um, what we're going to talk about today is really the coming era of longevity, um, how that's going to impact you. Um, we won't spend too much time on it, but it's just an interesting just to lob a few questions and thoughts about what it means for the world. Um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the takeaways you can do, things you can do today that can actually have a, a meaningful effect and impact on your health, and then just talk a little bit about a project that I'm working on. Okay, so we are at the, well we are in the coming era of longevity, and I'm going to kind of take a bit of a risk here and, and push the boat out and say that actually we're here right now. And um, it's, we just, I guess there's so much technology around um, that we see. We've got our phones, um, we see what was happening with Teslas, with Rocket Lab, um, even the America's Cup boats. You know, there's incredible, incredible technology and, and, and advances that are happening. And that's happening at the medical level as well. And it doesn't happen quite as quickly because a lot of these things that people come up with need to go and do perhaps 10 years worth of research and, and testing to make sure it's okay because it's quite important. Um, that we get it right, um, but it, it is now. And I, I guess some of you might think that that's quite a, a, a nutty statement to make. And some of you were going, well, what's the point of that? What's the point of actually extending life? Um, because it just means that we're going to spend more time in rest homes, enduring and enduring dementia and the joys of incontinence. But, you know, it is a thing. And really the, the, the clue is in the picture that we've got on the wall behind me. And that is that it's not about actually... Um, extending the pain that we get at the end of the life. It's actually about extending the amount of healthy years that we have on the planet. Um, this is quite a confronting statistic um, for me. I'm um, in my early 50s, and um, you know, earlier in my life, I kind of thought, you know, well, I'm going to get to 80, 90, drop dead, you'll be right, mate. Um, but it's not like that. Um, the average time that we have on the planet that we're kind of guaranteed to be healthy is actually 63 so that gives me 12 more years of um, good health if I'm the average animal. Um, and then I go into a, um, a nice little spiral of decline for the next 16, which will be, I'm sure, quite enjoyable. So the trick is really how do we spread that um, health span out? And, um, and that's exactly what scientists are starting to work on. Um, so to go forward and talk about what uh, is possible, I'd like to go backwards just to sort of, um, I guess, share a paradigm of where we're going and, and so on. And I know many of you now know that if you get a wee cut on your finger, on your hand, um, you watch for it and if it gets infected, you go to the doctor, you get an antibiotic and everything is all well in the world um, and you're, you're back on track. But this is actually, the germ theory, which is our understanding of germs causing disease, has actually been only around for 130 years. And before that, uh, the majority of people thought that it was to do with you know, perhaps breathing in some bad air or something like that would cause disease. Um, and it was really important to get to this, to this um, I guess, theory because it did a couple of things. One, it stopped doctors from causing 
um, infections and disease because they would go from patient to patient without washing their hands or changing their clothes. Um, it was important for midwives who would be um, helping with childbirth and actually causing damage and, um, because of the lack of hygiene that they were doing. So as soon as people started to understand what was causing the problem, they could do something about it. And because, of course, we understood what was going on, then we were open and we were aware to things like antibiotics and those sorts of things to, discovery, to discover. Even our definition of death over the ages has changed. So um, I was watching a really interesting uh, podcast with Joe Rogan. He was uh, talking to a a, a videographer who was documenting the tribes in the Amazon. And as part of one of those trips that he was doing, one of the kids had some sort of rumble-tumble skirmish with one of the wild animals and um, got a decent cut in his leg. Now, if that happened to our kids, we'd take them off to the hospital, we'd get them stitched up, they'd take some antibiotics and they'd be all good. But in this case, um, the mother went into immediate mourning um, because she knew that within two weeks her son would be dead because she'd seen and had experience with these sorts of injuries before. Um, and, and so that was basically a dead kid walking for two weeks in her eyes at least. Um, even 50 years ago, if someone dropped it, you know, had a heart attack and fell down in front of you, you know, you'd, you'd dial up the hearse, not the ambulance, because that's all you could do. Nowadays we know that we can do CPR and keep people alive for maybe 20 or 30 minutes, which gives them time to get to the ambulance, get to the hospital, get their plumbing sorted and that back out they go in, into the community. So really what I'm trying to explain is that it's a continuum, our understanding of health and death and where we are in time is actually dictating um, where we're going. And in the future, we may understand more about what's happening biochemically as the body set, uh, um, settles, uh, it goes into the death process, and we may be able to stop that and actually bring it back. So it could be that you know it's not 30 minutes that we've got to get you to an ambulance, it might be a couple of days, which is, which is quite exciting and, and also quite scary. Um, so what um, we... I guess there's been a huge amount of research into this thing called ageing. It's really, we've, we've, I guess the progress we've been is we've gone, here are the conditions associated with old age, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, cardiovascular disease, cancer, these sorts of things. And over the last 30, 40 years, we've ploughed maybe $100 billion, maybe more, into seeking to understand and solve these conditions. And we've made some progress, but it's been pretty disappointing because we are really only dealing with the symptoms, not dealing with actually the cause of the disease. So around 15 to 20 years, some of the thought leaders in the medical community started to go, okay, this ageing thing and these diseases, um, maybe they're just symptoms or a syndrome of advancing age. What if we could start to actually influence the ageing process, maybe slow it down and sort of kick these other conditions down the road? And maybe if we put a $100 billion into that and solving that problem, maybe that would be a much more effective use of our funds. Um, so that's exactly the sort of the, the questions that are being asked. And I, I know we all know that if you ask a better question, you get a better answer. And um, this is where this answer turned up, was in a... A, a journal, a medical journal, back in 2013. And this uh, journal published a paper called The Hallmarks of Ageing. And, and what they discovered, and this is really a, a, a consensus with all the, uh, many, many scientists, they found that there are actually nine areas of our cells or cellular systems that decline with age, um, and they also have something in common. If you make them worse, then you accelerate ageing. 
And if you slow it down, then you can actually make them better, you can actually slow the aging process. So like the germ theory, all of a sudden scientists and researchers had something to look at and focus on to see whether they could actually make an intervention, make a change, and um, affect the ageing process. So the good news is that we have made some progress in these areas, and, um, and um, we'll talk about a few of those now. So one of the things that has come out of this is that um, researchers have worked out that we've got two ages. We've got a chronological age, which is obviously a date of birth and how many times we're fortunate enough to go around the sun, but we've also got a biological age. And for most of us, that biological age kind of matches our chronological age, but it can diverge, and there can be people who are 50 who have a, chrono a biological age of 70. Um, and that just means your cells are acting 20 years older than they should be, and you're likely to get those diseases of old age a whole bunch earlier. And that can be caused by a whole bunch of things, um, lifestyle being one of them. Um, but the exciting thing about it is that um, with this particular clock, it's not like a death sentence. You can actually modify this. So you can be, you know, get that bad news and have time to actually bring your age back to your chronological age. And in fact, some of the, uh, I guess, the biohackers out there in the community that are, you know, 10, 20 years ahead of us are actually um, finding that they've, you know, get to 50 and they have a biological age of 30. And these are the people that are actually going to smash the ageing process, so to speak, because they're going to get to 60 and 70 with bodies of 50-year-olds or even, even older and actually capture 30 more years of youth and vitality in a really important time of their life. And so we're, now we're starting to understand what causes and how you can causes these changes and what you can do. So things like drinking and smoking to excess, for example, flips the back of the clock forward and so accelerates your ageing. Things like exercise and diet, all the things we know are good and healthy for us, actually can take that clock back. Um, and then just to belabor the point, as a human race, we're actually smashing it on the, uh, the anti-aging front, if you will. Um, for the majority of human history, we've been around, you know, we've actually had a life expectancy of between 25 and 40. But as we've started to understand, our, I guess, the world around us, we've started to make some changes, and that's actually had a manifest effect on how long we're here on the planet. And it's not exactly that we've actually extended life, it's just that we're getting more people to, um, towards that older age. Um, and uh, I think since the 1850s, each generation can actually expect to get... Um, well, life expectancy has increased by three to four years, which is quite exciting. So what we're now turning our attention to is actually our inner world, what's happening inside ourselves, and I'm um, starting to modify that, and this is going to drive the next level of, I guess, life expectancy and actually start to push out our lifespan. Um, so we're just going to talk about four products that are actually on the, uh, available to us all right now. Um, some of them a little hard to get at the moment, but it's there. There's a little molecule called rapamycin. It's a, um, uh, something that was found in a bacteria on a, a little island called Easter Island. Um, rapamycin is the most studied anti-aging molecule out there, and it's actually the first one that actually opened... Um, scientists' eyes that we can actually modify the ageing process. It's almost like our four-minute mile moment because as soon as we could understand that we can modify the ageing process, then it just sort of opens our eyes to the other opportunities. So rapamycin's been tested on the humble hookworm, on mice, rats, dogs, primates, and now on humans. Um, and in every single species that it's been, it's been studied in, it has extended life. And this particular graph, which is a little difficult to, to um, understand, but I've, I put it up there because they gave these mice uh, rapamycin from the equivalent human age of 60 
um, and it extended their lifespan in this study for between 30 and 60%. The final mouse in this study, um, I guess, dropped dead um, at the human equivalent of 140. So that doesn't mean necessarily it's going to translate directly into human health, that, that work is happening now, um, but it's really giving us really strong clues that uh, this, this molecule has significant evidence of effect. Um, the next one is something called a senolytic, and a senolytic is something which, a molecule that removes senescent cells from our body. You're all going to hear about senescent cells more and more as uh, clinical trials are happening right now, but the senescent cells are cells that build up in our body um, as we age, and they pump a whole bunch of inflammatory junk into our body. And it turns out if you can identify and remove those cells, which scientists have recently done, you can actually have a massive and positive impact on your health. These particular mice um, got a life extension of 36%. Um, the Mayo Clinic's doing clinical trials on this particular uh, treatment right now, so we will know um, very quickly um, whether we can, um, what impact this is going to have for us. Just chuck this bit of this slide up for fun, um, just because we're all heading towards lunch soon. But this is a reasonably bizarre, uh, I don't know why they came up with it, but um, quite Frankensteiny. Um, they wanted to know whether we've got factors in our blood that actually affect our age. And so they stitched together a young, a young rat and an old rat. Um, and it was fantastic news for the old rat. It was rejuvenated, just not such a good ending, happy ending for the young rat. So it's not, so, not something you're going to see in a clinic right now, but what it does is it gives us breadcrumbs, it gives us clues that there are circulating factors that young people have that old people have less of. And once we identify them, then it could be that we go in at 50 once every six months, once a year, go and get our rejuvenation shot and um, we uh, stay a little, little younger. Um, and then lastly, again, in the process of understanding what our cells are doing and the cellular chemistry that we're working on, we've realised that there are key enzymes that in our body that decline with age, and this correlates with the decline in function of our cells. So what do the scientists do? They, what they, they say is, let's give it a go and see if we can boost those enzymes. And it turns out when we do, then we boost those cells back up, and um, we're getting phenomenal um, effects in terms of um, clinical trials on these particular compounds. Some extend life, some just extend the health of our life. Um, but the good news is that all of these are available now. Two of them are available today, um, and the other two will be following up in, in the not-too-distant future. So, you know, if we combine all of that, then all of a sudden we can start to see incrementally that we're going to start to live healthier for longer. Um, and what's important is we go back to that test that we're doing where we started to look at their biological age, biological age, um, because... In the past, with that, that sort of information, we, it was almost impossible to do an anti-aging trial because you'd have to enrol hundreds of people and you'd have to do it over 100 years and none of us have got the time to actually sit there and wait for that to actually to manifest the result. Um, so with these biological ageing tests, we can now start to test and understand whether these um, interventions, if you will, are working and we can pick the signals up much, much earlier. So what does it mean for the world? Um, I've thought about it a lot, and I think it's net, net positive. And, and the reason I say that is, um, one, our health system is under immense pressure with the advancing population. So if we can actually kick that can down the road and perhaps give people 20, 30 years better health, then it's just going to mean that we've got, we, you know, I think we'll still have to deal with those problems of old age. Hopefully the next you know, 30 years will give the researchers time to actually solve them, but something's got to get us in the end. So I think you know, we're always going to have a problem at, the, at that end. But the fact that we're deferring those costs is, is phenomenal. 
The other thing is if we're healthy and vital for an extra 20, 30 years, then we can contribute to society, and that could just be from an economic benefit aspect, or it could be just from a community service aspect as we all start to work together and, I guess, have a, a lot more wisdom and, and, and elders in the world. Um, and I also think, you know, we're actually, our fertility rates in the developed world are falling. Um, so it could be that we actually um, offset the impact of that population decline just at the right time, and perhaps there's a few more of us that sort of push that, that curve out a little, a little longer. Of course, um, you know, there are... Um, I guess there, are research, there is research on the horizon which suggests that actually age is programming, programmed and so we can actually reprogram ourselves and sit at a particular age for as long as we want or you know, maybe, it's a, maybe there's a limit we don't know. But perhaps you know, if you're a, a chess master and you want to um, absolutely be, you know, sit and for 50 years and actually you know, master your, your craft, if you will, then um, you know, that's, that, that's perhaps something people will do. And then perhaps you decide to have a family and then all of a sudden your kids just become older than you and they want to stop at 50 because that's where they want to sit and master their trade for whatever that is. And so there's going to be this weird thing that starts to happen. And of course, um, it's all good for someone who's doing something positive, but what happens if it's, you're an evil dictator and you decide to master your craft over the next 50 to 100 years? And it's... And the one thing we know is once we've got access to this technology, we will use it. So Mr. Jobs here, um, I guess as he was uh, uh, exploring his own mortality, um, he, he came up with a, a quote which really just was saying, that death is possibly the best invention because what it does is it enables you to clear out the old and gives, gives the chance for the young and the new to come through and thrive. And so you know, these are, I guess, questions that philosophers will be will be uh, discussing for, for many, many, many years and, and perhaps in generations ahead. So um, I have um, spent the, the last year um, just, I guess, translating all of this crazy science, if you will, um, into a, a form where people can understand it and really start to learn about what these hallmarks are and then give people strategies um, that they can partake so that when we do end up um, with access to these compounds that we um, that our bodies are in the best shape possible. So it's really about um, you know, strategy and we, what we do in our 30s is different to what we need to do in our 40s and likewise in our 50s. So it's really just a healthy ageing handbook if you will. Um, but the, the, uh, the actionable takeaways, what we can all do um, today, um, the first five are actually been available to all, all of us for, for generations, and they've been taken from somewhere called the, something called the Blue Zones. Blue Zones are five areas that are around the world that have been identified where people live extraordinarily long lives and very healthy lives. And when researchers got in there and got under the hood and had a look at what they were doing, these are the five things they were doing. One was they were exercising a whole bunch. They were building that into their everyday life. The second thing they were doing is they were uh, following a diet which was plant-based. And it wasn't to say that they weren't having the occasional steak, but the majority of their food was plant-based. They had their biggest meal of the day in the morning, and they never ate until they were full. And these are two key things because these are actually... The exercise and the diet they, they were doing actually fit our biology really well because we are modern humans, but we've got ancient biology. Our biology is well set up for chasing our food, working hard to get it, um, maybe for having times where we were hungry some, and some of the time, and, and, and that's what we're well adapted to. So the, the Western diet and the fact that we don't sit on, we don't do enough exercise is actually putting a lot of stress on our bodies. So, you know, if you can do exercise, if you're doing it right now, fantastic, it is actually these 
single biggest best thing you can do. If, if you're not exercising, think about getting getting into it. Um, in terms of diet, um, the single biggest thing you can do is actually just remove as much of that sugar as sugar out of your life as you can. Sugar just puts an immense amount of stress on our bodies, and um, it's it's just it's absolutely not good for it. And how it's got into the food chain to the amount it has is just is just quite shocking. Um, we're all in this room, um, entrepreneurs, business leaders, etc. Um, you know, stress is is a factor in our lives, and it's not so much the stress is bad; it's actually how we cope with that stress. And if we don't cope with that stress well, it actually affects our DNA, which is a key driver of actually how well we age. So, um, and you can actually pick up on those changes; you can see it. And so, people, and you can see that people who don't manage their stress actually age faster, and they do quite often get some of the diseases of old age, a bit a little bit earlier than the rest of us. And um, the other two things are um, social connections. So, your friends, your family, your loved ones are absolutely important. Um, and when you get home, give them a huge hug because. Um, they are responsible for an extra seven years on average of life expectancy. So people that don't engage with people die a whole bunch earlier. And then the other thing from the Blue Zones is that these people got out of bed for a bigger cause than just themselves. And that might have been a faith. It could be that it's about community service. But whatever it was, um, there was something. And that was absolutely evident across all of these people. And then lastly, these are, and this is where it gets exciting, is that we are the first generation of humans ever to actually understand cellular ageing at a point where we can start to understand and take the supplements. So um, one, two of those supplements, uh, out of the four that we've got that I talked about before, two, two things we can access today and perhaps the two that we'll access over the next two to three years as the research comes through and we can validate that they're good for you. So there's a supplement called, that boosts something in our cells called NAD. And there's a product called Fisetin, which um, uh, reduces the burden of senescent cells in our body. And um, these, again, will get a lot of press and we'll hear more and more about them as time goes on. Um, And then lastly, um, in the process of writing this book, it really became quite clear to me that although we're all trying to do the right things in terms of our health, we might do some exercise, we might take a couple of supplements, we may take some medicine, etc., no one really knows what's actually working. And what works for me actually might not work for you. Um, and the single issue, biggest issue we've got with clinical trials today is that these medicines are tested typically in males aged 20 to 40. But what about men aged 70? What about women aged 80? So the purpose of this, of this trial essentially is to get a huge body of people together supplying health information, and then we start to apply some machine learning to it and start to see if there's any signals from the noise. And what I'm doing here is essentially making it a collective as well. So people who are actually involved in the project, who participate, earn tokens and ownership in the project. So it's a collective project. Once we understand what's happening, once we get learnings, once we perhaps develop IP, then everybody owns that IP. So you're, you're I guess, ultimately benefiting for part, from participating in the project. So if that sounds of interest to you, and I'd love everybody to, to, who's here to participate, um, just pop across to the ninehallmarksofaging.com and just put your name down, and when, when, we've got, when we're ready, we'll um, pop you an email. So look, um, that is it. Thank you very much for your, uh, your time, and um, hopefully it was useful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome. You might find this hard to believe, but when I was in my 20s, I was a bit of an asshole. Really? Like, I was really wasting my life, but I think 
You know, when you hit 40, you kind of become aware of the, yeah. the mortality thing. Uh, as, we get, as we live longer, are we going to run the risk of taking that for granted, as we tend to do as yeah, humans? Yeah, that's a good question. And I've, I guess, had a few conversations with my son, and he sort of he said to me, you know, like, if you're going to live longer, I mean, what's the point? Because there's actually a bit of pressure on us to get stuff done. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you've got 200 years, to, maybe is that 50 years you're going to sit on the beach being, the, being a dick, or, you know, what's actually going to happen, right? So I don't know the answer to that, um, but um, hopefully people will look at it positively and go, okay, let's work out and plan this a bit and say, hey, look, I've got a bit of time, so let's focus on Tai Chi, because that's kind of interesting, mm. or whatever it is, and so we can actually sit there and master a whole bunch of things. And if you master sitting on the beach for 200 years, good on you. You'd be pretty good at it. Yeah, you would be. Brilliant. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Andre. Okay,